Yeah. They calling me controversial. I don't know why, I'm just telling the truth. Yeah. They're indoctrinating kids with lies It's just evil in disguise They say that it's love, but they lie They say that they're girls, but they're guys Or they say they have no gender From guy sports to girls, where they're winners From now on, I identify as a ninja turtle Where's Master Splinter? They calling me controversial They calling me controversial They calling me controversial They calling me controversial Jesus was controversial Paul was controversial Elijah was controversial Yeah, telling the truth is controversial Welcome to the Map Up Show. Great to have you rolling along with us on this Tuesday in the Liam Fitzpatrick studio. Yes, great specials happening there. It's Tuesday night. Don't forget Thursdays, Taco Tuesday on Thursday. Yeah, very cool stuff all week there. And uh, we got a big show for you tonight. I tell you what, it's going to be remarkable when you hear us put together what Joe Biden has done that is foreign interference. We put it all together. We have the videos, the phone calls with Ukraine, everything compiled. Everything compiled together. So just get ready to buckle up <laughs> on the Matt Buff Show. Visit thebuffshow.com for show information. Also, mypillow.com is where you need to go for a good night's sleep. Giza Dream Sheets the MyPillow slippers, and of course, the MyPillow. Save up to 66% off with promo code BUFF. Promo code MAPBUFF. Nope, just promo code BUFF. Real simple like that. And I tell you what, we have the fascism word rolling around everywhere. Now, liberals are saying, well, you wanted to go after Hillary Clinton for her stuff. Yes, if you broke the law, not a fishing expedition, but if you really broke the law, all right. You broke the law by letting foreigners hack into your private server and you got exposed. That is something you have to look into. And if you destroy it with bleach bits, bleach bit and hammers, then yes, you have broken the law by destroying government property and you should be held accountable. To go into Mar-a-Lago and say we're on a fishing expedition, then you've done something absolutely fascist by going after your political enemies and part of fascism is a dictator joe biden going around locking up his political enemies going after the former president the current president if we redo the 2020 election like trump wanted to do and then you go in there and take his stuff and then find something and then say hey it's all completed so no need uh, for a master class to look at this President Trump, no need for anybody to look at this because our investigation is already complete. We got what we need out of there. So, no, you can't have it back. And we're going to just take you and find a way to prosecute you and lock you up. And then if anybody says anything against it or says they're going to do something about it or go into the streets, we're going to find you and lock you up. And social media, can you make sure to look out for anybody doing that stuff? Yes. And if you're a world-class tennis player like Djokovic, I mean, awesome Awesome tennis player. We watched him at Wimbledon. Number one player in the world. Number one player in the world. And he goes around and he comes back in tournaments and he beats up on opponents left and right. Just a remarkable tennis player. And you are telling me, CDC, that now you have a rule? You can make law that says he can't come in there? You can make law? Oh, but those uh, New York buses with uh, illegal immigrants from Texas. Let's make sure we have a welcoming party and shake the hands of the illegal immigrants. Let's shake their hands and welcome them. Get their autographs and give them all. Just use taxpayer money to give them all kinds of cool stuff. Why is it happening this way? The propaganda minister for the White House. I know I'm going to take him. That's why I could have walked away and not taken your question, Peter, but I would take your question. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you will. Different topic. Okay. How come migrants are allowed to come into this country unvaccinated, but world class tennis players are not? Are you you're talking about which world class tennis player? Are you pretending you're stupid? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She does that a lot. Which world class? I flipped to my notes about the CDC's walls. Which world class tennis player are you talking about? You're not briefed on, I don't know, the news. 
Novak Djokovic. So, as far, you know, just to just since you asked about me about him, you asked me about him. So visa records are confidential under U.S. law. As I defer you to CDC. This is a CDC uh, requirement for foreign nationals. A CDC requirement for foreign nationals. I didn't know CDC was able to make laws. Actually, this is the U.S. Open doing this garbage. You know, you can't come here. And first of all, the vaccine has been proven not to be a vaccine. It's a therapeutic at best. At worst, it's damaging to your health. Ask Kirk Herbstreet at ESPN, who developed blood clots due to the vaccine. If you watch college football, you know who I'm talking about. I'm telling you, this is just remarkable that there's still a law in place via the CDC that if you're a tennis player, you can't fly over here and play a tennis match. He's not playing football next to the... He's on one side of the court by himself, if that matters at all anyway, which it doesn't. And he makes a medical personal decision. Well, how do you feel about his medical personal decision? Specific protocols as well. But so they're two different things. They're two, two different, different things. things. But, so are, how is it two different things? Somebody unvaccinated comes over on a plane. You say that's not okay. Somebody walks into Texas or Arizona unvaccinated. They're allowed to stay. Uh, Why? But that's not how it works. Like we actually that's exactly no, how no, it works. no, that's not what you guys want to happen, but that is what what is happening. But that's not it's not like somebody walks over and <laughs> Oh, they don't walk over. We can show you thousands of hours of videos about the invasion of the southern border. We can show you the invasion on video. They're not sashaying, they're not skipping, they're not jogging, they're not flying. They're not Superman. They're not flying. They're walking. That's not. That's, that's not how. Exactly what's happening. We well, thousands of people are walking in a day. Some of them turn themselves over. Some of them are caught. Tens of thousands a week are not. That is what is happening. We've secured record levels of funding for the Department of Homeland. And then she goes off on this tangent about the crap they haven't done at the border. She listen to this. They really think they have a plan. We're bleeding at the southern border more than we ever have in our history. And she's saying, we have a plan? Security. We've put in place dedicated immigration judges so asylum seekers can have their cases heard fast. There's that term again, asylum seekers. Everybody who comes across the border illegally is an asylum seeker. Remember, an asylum seeker is a war-torn individual who barely made it to the next country. Not somebody well-dressed with a cell phone and a knapsack and a good head on his shoulders walking across six different countries to get here. Come on, asylum seekers. After we've expanded lab labor pathways, including H-2B visas. Oh, so what we're doing is we're giving them jobs. Boy, those videos of them getting off this cush bus. It's not like they were coming in a school bus or the bus Morgan Freeman took in the Shawshank Redemption, a ratty bus down to Mexico. No, no, this is a cush tour bus that was probably used by Guns N' Roses, and now you're giving them jobs. By contrast, core to the prior administration, immigration strategy was to build a wall, and they couldn't even accomplish that in the four years. Yeah, they tried to build a wall, and you specifically did a bunch of things to try to stop them. We have to go to courts. Now we got to put our paperwork together and go back to the courts and say, here's why we're doing it, this and that. You held them up legislatively. You held them up in the courts. Could have been done in a year. And he got most of it done anyway, and you guys stopped it. Now they're pouring into the holes. And he also put in Trump, the Remain in Mexico policy, Put uh, worked out a deal with Mexico to put guards on their southern, on their northern border from Mexico. Worked out a lot of other stuff besides just the wall, but the wall would have been a nice start. Uh, which is also a policy that just does not work. It is not. How does the wall not work? Can you prove it? No, we just don't like it because all your friends, all your Democrat friends voted for a wall about a decade ago. And yes, it does work. That's simple. It's not just that people are walking uh, across uh, across the border. There she said it again. It's not like people are just walking across the border. Oh, they're sashaying across the border. 
they're jogging and you know a lot of them might be running and jogging because they see the video of how everything is handed to them when they get here illegally you come here legally there's a huge financial process and it takes some time but if you come in illegally you're good you get all kinds of goodies we have a, we have a, a plan in place uh, this is not like switching the, the the lights on what is your plan we'd love to hear your plan for securing our southern border that is completely wide open and bleeding what is your plan right this is going to take a process we are fixing a broken system that was the system isn't broken if you follow the law actually left uh, by the last administration follow but why is simply blaming the last administration for the woes that you created the biden cages holding kids and families are massive you created this huge problem where's aoc why isn't she down there crying why isn't she going eh, <laughs> look at the biden cages because she doesn't give a damn that's why she doesn't care it's not politically expedient to bash on this regime that's destroying america through the southern border is there a cdc requirement for people that fly here as opposed to people that cross the southern border look we have talked about title we have talked about title 42 right this we not, have this has nothing to do with title 42. it is it, title is, 42 is the cdc uh, imperative that is you guys got rid of it because he said the pandemic that's not, not that is that anymore. is not how it works it is not every title 42 is very much in place and that is the process so there is a cdc uh, blatant lie they got the title they let title 42 expire they hated it from the get-go because it stopped people from getting their goodies that stopped them there is a cdc provision for uh folks coming through uh coming through the southern border it is not just uh it is not just for tennis players uh migrants have also a cdc guidance that we have to follow which is title 42. so that is not the case that is factually wrong okay that is absolutely insane that she said that. Nobody's checking the vaccination records of the illegals. They're coming in, they're getting treated, and boom, shakalaka, they're getting to stay. They're getting treated with goodies. All right. I tell you what, we're going to put together a montage here for you after the break about Joe Biden. Um, just one specific thing what happened with the ukraine prosecutor we have biden on tape we we're going to put it all together for you and show you why the foreign dealings alone have to get this complete moron impeached he doesn't even know what day it is Un unreal stay with us on the map buff show lots more to come Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. Happy hours every day of the week and all day Sunday. $1 off drafts and house wines. $2 off well liquors. And Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events. Tonight, $7.99 burger and fries. Tomorrow, live music. Liam Fitzpatrick's does catering and has a private room for your meetings, luncheons, and parties. Mention the Buff Show and get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. LiamFitzpatrick's.com Hey, Matt Buff from the Buff Show. I love being in the middle of nowhere with the family. Problem is, I can't get any service out here. I wish there was a better solution. Maybe like a satellite phone or something. Let me head back to the office and check this out. All right, let's check this out. Satellitephonestore.com. Oh, look at this. Very cool. Do I need a satellite phone? Well, it says satellite phones provide voice, SMS, and data services anywhere on the earth. And you don't have to rely on cell phone networks. Very cool. Satellite phones work everywhere when you're outside. All right, what's this? Why do I need a satellite terminal? With one of these devices, you can stay in communication without a dedicated satellite phone. Better yet, you can text, call, and depending on the device, use all your favorite smartphone apps too. Hey, what's this bivy stick? The new bivy stick is the smallest and simplest to use radium global satellite communications and tracking device in the world. Wow, the smallest and most simple satellite communication device weighs just 100 grams. 
about half the weight of your cell phone. Look at this, one to three days delivery. Very cool. Call 941-841-0844. I will do that. 941-841-0844. Visit SatelliteFoneStore.com for special offers. Or you can visit SAT1234.com and mention The Buff Show. 941-841-0844. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you rolling along with us on this terrific Tuesday where it's us versus them. Us versus them. That's what we're seeing out there. That's where you want to play it. You call me a fascist. The more someone likes the Constitution, the more somebody likes freedom, more somebody wants to protect the Second Amendment, they are a fascist. No, we're protecting our democracy, our republic. We are protecting it. You are trying to make it a one-party dictator rule. Joe Biden is a king, doesn't know it, doesn't have a clue, but the way they've done the executive orders and how somebody else is making the calls and they're going around Congress and they're doing things like vaccine mandates, doing things like student loan debt relief, which means they're just having somebody else pay for the student loan debt. The things that are illegal that they're doing is that of a dictator and that of a king, hoping that nobody in the courts or Senate or House challenges them. Man, this is why we got to have a big red wave here in November. We're seeing it. We're going to be talking to Moms for America. Tanya is going to be on the show later on talking about the big red wave in Sarasota, everything that's happening around the country. Sharice Trump is going to be talking about the fascists, the true fascists on college campuses. She won a big court case against UCF. You're going to be hearing about that. But we're fighting. It's us versus them. They want to shut us down, put us in concentration camps, and lock us away. Dissenting opinions. You don't want to bake that cake for the homosexual couple? We're going to shut down your business. We're going to lock you away. You want to protest a false election on January 6th? We're going to lock you away even if you just showed up. We're going to lock you away. And don't look at Joe Biden's foreign business dealings. Don't look at it. Don't you dare. You find a diary from Ashley Biden, we're going to lock you up. You want to possess Hunter Biden's laptop, we're going to run your life. And if you're going to look into Joe Biden's quid pro quo with Ukraine, we're going to lock you up and impeach you just for asking about it. So you guys remember this. Um, I remember going over convincing our team, our others, to convincing that, that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, right, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here." And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, "I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money." Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> Got fired, and no, they, they put left. in place someone who was solid. All right, so that's the beginning of the story. They put in place somebody that was solid, somebody that wasn't going to look into Hunter, the special prosecutor in Ukraine, and the corrupt business dealings they were doing with Burisma. Well, here's what happened after. I'm going to play you a series of calls here, most with Joe Biden and with John Kerry. Listen closely, and it's got the words for you, so it's all spelled out right there. Got the subtitles for you. It's all spelled out right there. Listen to what he says. This is after he agreed to fire the prosecutor. Joe Biden, quid pro quo complete. The Situation Room. Hello. Hello. Joe Biden. Uh, Thank you, Mr. Vice President. Your call is reconvened. Petro, could you hear me? Yeah, I was better. I can can hear you better, too. (laughs) Sorry. 
I'm sorry. Um, you, you were saying, I didn't, I missed what you were saying. Yeah. So, first of all, I'm very happy to be here. Second, this is very valuable for me that you find out a time for me, even in Minnesota. And I'm dreaming some days to be with you in Minnesota. <laughs> That's, That's easy, really man. Good. I tell you what, I'd like to be with you instead of Minnesota right now, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the third, I have uh, some positive and negative news. I will start with the positive news. Well, good. Joe, I have a second positive news for you. Yesterday, I met meet with the general prosecutor Shokin. Yes. And despite of the fact that we didn't have any corruption charges, we don't have any information about the, he doing something wrong, I especially asked him, no, it was the day before yesterday, I especially asked him to resign. In, uh, as a, his uh, position as a state person, and despite of the fact that he has a support in the power. And as a finish of my meeting with him, he promised me to give me the statement on, on resignation. And one hour ago, he bring me the written uh, statement of his resignation. Great. And this is my second step for keeping my promises. I agree. Poroshenko? Yes. One moment for Vice President Biden. <laughs> Introducing President Poroshenko. Hey, Mr. President Joe Biden, how are you? Very well indeed. All the time when I hear your voice, Good. it's a great pleasure for me. Well, I'm on Air Force Two, and I think we're going to stay connected. We just took off, and I'm hoping this connection will stay open. Assuming that uh, um, uh, there is a new government and a, uh, a new prosecutor general, uh, I am prepared to do a public signing of the commitment for the billion dollars. Again, I'm not suggesting that that's what you want or don't want. I'm just suggesting that that's what we're prepared to do. And again, it wouldn't be finalized until, you know, the IMF pieces are written. Extremely strong motivation. One of the possible candidates was leader of my faction, Lutsenko, who is the public figure. If you think that the political motivated figure would be not very good from your point of view, I recall this proposal, I do not propose, because nobody knows that I want to propose Lutsenko. In this situation, I take uh, all the political motivated figures out from this process. All right, well, look, let me, um, uh, let me, uh, when I, you and I finish speaking, let me huddle with my team, talk over what you and I just talked about. I agree with you, there is a sense of urgency here. Hey, Mr. President, Joe Biden, how are you? Very well indeed, as usual when I hear your voice. Thank you very well, much. Well, you are doing very well. Congratulations on, uh, on getting the new prosecutor general. I know there's a lot more that has to be done, but I really, uh, I really think that's, I think that's good, uh, and I understand you're working with the ROD in the coming days on a number of additional laws to secure the IMF, so, but congratulations on installing the new Prosecutor General. It's going to be critical uh, for him to work quickly to repair the damage that Shokin did, and I'm a man of my word, I, uh, and that now that the new Prosecutor General's in place, we're ready to move forward in signing that new $1 billion loan guarantee. And I don't know how you want to go about that. I'm not going to be able to get to uh, um, to Kiev uh, anytime soon, um, maybe next month or so. And uh, um, and uh, I don't know whether 
you could either sign it with our ambassador, or if you came here, we could sign it. Or if you want, uh, we're inviting Groisman here later. Uh, uh, I'm going to be talking to him later this morning. Not for that purpose. We're inviting him uh, to Washington. And so uh, it's, I'll, I'll leave it up to you as to how you want that done and when you want it done. Uh, first of all, thank you very much indeed for these words of support. Be believe me that it, it was a very tough challenge and very difficult job. And uh, Mrs. Uh, Timoshenko and Mr. Leshko fraction tried to break this because we not only voted for the new prosecutor general, which we do in a very short period of time, within one day we changed the law. By the way, in this law, we are presenting the, the new structure of the General Persecutor Office, including the General Inspection, as we yeah, agreed. That, that's that. real. And the second, second thing, I uh, immediately invite Lutsenko and said that uh, he should contact uh, your embassy, and I would be very pleased if you will have a certain person uh, who can come either from Washington or uh, whenever. We have here, I don't remember his name, the Ukrainian origin uh, pros American prosecutor. He is a little bit yeah. old. I sent to the Jeffrey his name. And he was ready to come and to be assistant and advisor. Uh, with a very good experience in the American system and he can be the person of trust with a new prosecution system. I think this is exactly the right time to do that. And if he's still ready to come and to cooperate from the very first step, from the very first minute of the new prosecutor, that is exactly what I'm looking for. Well, let me, uh, let me get in contact with the Justice Department and uh, pursue that. I'll get his name and uh, let me find out where that is, because it is in our interest, obviously, to provide professional assistance as quick as we can so this gets up and started in the right direction. So I, I will move on that as soon as we hang up. Uh, I'll put that in train and I'll get back to you as to what, we, uh, what I'm able to do. Absolutely. The second thing, thank you very much indeed, this is exactly what I'm looking for. The second thing is that I want to thank you that you give me your word that immediately when we change the legislation and I appoint uh, the new Prosecutor General and it would be Yuri Lutsenko as we agreed on our previous meeting in Washington and uh, when it happened um, we can have this loan guarantee and thank you very much. Well. There you have it, spelled out right there between Joe Biden and the current, at that time, president of Ukraine. Not only did he follow through on the quid pro quo, he fired the special prosecutor, put a new one in place with an American lawyer who's going to come and make sure everything's on the up and up. They changed the legislation and everything to get the billion bucks in aid. A real-life example of a completely shady business dealing that Biden on camera said he did not do. But everything that happened there was on camera. Congress, it's your move when you're the new Congress takes over. Get this man out of office as soon as possible. You got to dismantle this massive swamp one piece at a time. We'll be right back on The Matt Buff Show. Hey, you may have heard radio show hosts talking trash on solar. Yes, even conservative talk show hosts. There was a silly comparison to trucks running 10,000 miles, carbon emissions, and panel production. It came off as like a liberal argument against a liberal problem. Shallow knowledge as opposed to experts in the field. Politics, global warming, and other environmental concerns aside, the number one reason to buy solar is simple math. Have you looked at your power bill? It has risen in the last five years. How much more will it go up in the next five years? It's a rigged game and all solar energy empowers you to stop playing a rigged game. A solar electric system freezes your costs and shields you from upcoming rate increases. 
If you choose to finance a solar electric system, the payment on a system that zeroes out your bill is typically less than your current power bill. This is simple math. Call All Solar Energy in Longwood tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or online at www.allsolarenergy.com. More information on this later in the show. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning is the official pressure washing company of The Buff Show. While Matt's doing the dirty work on the show, Action Plus Pressure Washing has been doing the dirty work for the last 15 years in Central Florida. They use a soft wash system to clean pool enclosures, driveways, pool decks, houses, and commercial property. They even clean large and small parking lots and buildings. Wow! Action Plus offers other services such as lawn maintenance, one-time service to weekly service, mowing, weeding, edging, and trimming, and hauling away debris. You can get more than one service, and they offer bundle pricing. Check out their weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly services for lawn maintenance and ask about their free standard two-driveway with house wash services. Family-owned and operated, get your free estimate at actionpluspressurecleaning.com or call 386-506-1048. That's 386-506-1048. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning. They aim to please. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you rolling along with us this week. We've been covering a lot of education aspects from the 1619 Project all the way to homeschooling and what's going on with CRT in the schools and also the gender studies and all this stuff. But there's another aspect that we have to get into is you're not allowed to talk if you disagree with them. They want to silence you. They want you to be quiet. That's them. That's them right there. That was one of the liberal professors. Let's go to Sharice Trump on the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you. And uh, no relation to President Donald Trump, but still Trump's a great name. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No relation. Thanks for having me on. Yes, indeed. You're the executive director of Speech First. I want everybody to check out speechfirst.org. And that's the First Amendment we're talking about. And we've seen so much craziness, Sharice. We've seen so much just silence, even from Ben Shapiro and all the guys who go speak, but to the conservative college student that lives in fear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, we, we've been tracking this for a little while now. And what's been going on is what we've seen is, is that not only are students self-censoring higher than they ever have before, but the administrators at universities are finding new and creative ways to basically shut down speech and chill student speech. And some of the policies that we've seen that they've enacted are things like bias reporting systems. Bias reporting systems are anonymous reporting systems where students can report on one another for basically anything that's considered a bias incident, right? And the university defines bias however it wants. So oftentimes it means anything that offends someone or offends their political affiliation or uh, you know, something like that's considered bias speech or hate speech or any of this stuff. Oh, by the way, are forms of constitutionally protected speech. So students don't really know what they're allowed to say because they could be reported for even just having a mainstream opinion under these policies. Well, you guys have an active uh, lawsuit against UCF for their bias response team. Yeah, we actually we won in the 11th Circuit this spring against them on their bias response team and on their harassment policy, which is another kind of creative way that universities are going after speech and that they have their Title IX federal policies and then they have additional harassment policies or anti-harassment or they call them anti-discrimination policies. But really what they do is actually encourage discrimination because they are actively they are encouraging students to, again, once again, look for things like biased speech, unwanted speech, offensive speech. And that's what they actually define as harassment. They'll even define like microaggressions as harassment, which you've seen in freshman orientations. Microaggressions can be defined as anything from asking someone simply where they are from can be considered a microaggression. You know, it sounds a little bit like fascism. I saw the new regulations they want for Title IX where you just can't say anything against anyone and your bathrooms are wide open and everything else like that. Yet we're the semi-fascists that need to pay for other student loans. Doesn't seem, doesn't seem to jive. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, on the Title IX stuff, this is really going to open up a can of worms for universities. So they are going to have the ability to enforce Title IX sexual harassment policies against students who are reported for basically not not affirming someone's gender, not using someone's pronoun. This also goes for professors. If they don't affirm the student's gender, they can be reported for under the Title IX sexual harassment policy if these Biden administration rules move forward and get solidified. 
I mean, I haven't seen anything like this. I thought it was fake news when I first saw mm. their recommendations for Title IX. Um, tomorrow on the show, we're going to get into this more with Moms for Liberty. But I tell you what, Sharice, this is just remarkable when yeah. it comes to if you even say that guy can't go into that bathroom, you could be brought up on charges. Yeah. Yeah. And serious charges. And they'll have the, the universities and the schools will have the federal mandate to enforce them because they'll have the federal government standard and rules. So I really do hope Congress steps in here and reviews the rules. Like there is some activity, it looks like that, that they might be trying to attempt this. But this is something that, again, it's, it's going to open up a whole, a whole can of worms with regards to how many folks are getting reported under these, under these policies, and then how many of them are actually getting disciplined, because the disciplinary measures attached to Title IX are very heavy and very serious. Not only will it go on your permanent record and follow you for the rest of your life, but also you can get expelled, suspended. Uh, you should be mandated to do some sort of diversity training. These are all things that are attached to these policies. So it's not, you know, they don't, students don't take them lightly, which is why they do self-censor. DEI is the big problem that we're seeing in this new wonderful school year. Diversity, equity, and inclusion training up and down the coast from left to right, from up and down. It's just everywhere. And what are you guys doing at Speech First against DEI specifically? Yeah, well, on these reporting systems, we were kind of wondering why are students so keen to report on one another? Why is it the first thing that comes to mind when someone offends them? And so we started to ask ourselves, what are the schools ask or telling the students when they first step onto campus? And we realized as we, we sent these freedom of information requests to over 50 universities across the country just to kind of see what their freshman orientation materials consist of. And we found that you know, 90% of the materials consist of DEI, CRT, microaggression, trigger warning, all this type of lingo, all of this social justice lingo that you, you can think of. That's the students are being hit over the head with this the second they step on campus. And only 30% of the schools even mentioned free speech or even mentioned viewpoint diversity. And still, even then, those universities that mentioned free speech and viewpoint diversity, it was still a seven to one ratio of how much they were still talking about DEI stuff. So when we're thinking about like, why are students so keen to report on one another? It's because schools are planting these seeds of insecurity where there were none before. They're telling students to look around. These aren't your friends. They're probably all racist and bigoted. And you should just, you know, be be aware that you're going to probably be offended very easily on this campus. Didn't those guys used to hate McCarthyism? <laughs> you would think so. You think so. But I think, I think honestly, they hated McCarthyism because he was coming after the communists, not because it was tyrannical and a tyrannical method. Right. Because <laughs> so <How> ironic. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. And some of the stuff we found on these campuses, I mean, UNLV University of Nevada, Las Vegas, they have a list of definitions that states that, they, for example, their definition of racism, and they tell this to students as they first come on the campus, is something that specifically is based on a socially constructed racial hierarchy that privileges white people. They use the phrase white people in their definition of racism, and they announce this to the entire school. That's unreal. How would a student wearing a MAGA hat be treated, and would there be any repercussions for what happens to him or her? Yeah, well, that really does beg the question. If you're wearing a MAGA hat and you're sitting there at, during freshman orientation and everyone's uh, looking over their shoulders at each other as, as they're being told all of these various things that could offend them, I mean, you're definitely going to get a target on your back. We had a student intern for us from the University of Colorado and he was wearing a MAGA hat on, on uh, campus and he was punched in the face by a young woman. And she just came up to him, didn't say anything, just punched him right in the face wearing the hat. And you know what the saddest part of this incident is? He actually didn't report it because he was pretty confident the school would do nothing about it. So even if the school would do something about it, the fact that the student himself didn't believe that that was that the school was even going to help him or defend him because of physical assault he just that just happened is something that goes to say this is what the this is the environment that schools are perpetuating for for students. Why all the one-sided hate? Where do you think what is the root of this problem and why it's growing so fast? Yeah, I mean, I think there is a political agenda here. I, I, I think it's hard to deny that these days. It, it's, you know, conservatives have always been on the minority on campuses. That has been kind of the, the that has been just who who's attracted to higher, the higher academic lifestyle and, and, you know, all these things. It tends to be, tends to lean more left. But used to be that you, you could debate and have these big conversations and your goal was to like seek truth and challenge each other. And that was very highly encouraged by the schools. Now it's, you know, it's still dominated by the left and the far left in many cases. And they want their, their woke dogmatic 
principles to essentially be imposed on everyone. And they found that the path of least resistance to winning an argument is to just shut down speech rather than actually try to debate your way through it. So that's exactly what's occurring here. And I think the, there are a lot of administrators with political agendas who are encouraging these policies. Most of them are going to be found in the DEI offices of the campuses. And you have a lot of donors and money flooding into schools that are trying to encourage these policies as well. We saw some of these transcripts that you're talking about when it comes to DEI training and uh, pronoun usage. We even saw one that said, don't use the term African-American when talking about black people because they might not associate with being from Africa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's so confusing. Again, this is so confusing to students. Like this isn't really what they should be preoccupying their time with. This is something they if they're going to be, they're about to go to the next four years, like the most rigorous, studious time of their lives. That's what it's supposed to be. And they want to actually gain something for the thousands of dollars that they're paying for this for this degree. And instead, they're just they're stuck kind of being afraid of everything. They don't even want to talk to each other or interact with each other. When I mean, you have students on group projects, like how's that dynamic going to present itself when students are not even sure if they're going to offend someone on their group project so they barely communicate with one another? So this is not, this is not conducive to intellectual development. This is not, you know, students are not going to get their money's worth out of the university system if this is what they're paying for. And I'll say there's even things like implicit bias tests that we found during the freshman orientation uh, research. And that is something where students have to take surveys, match skills, tones with positive and negative words. And if you don't click it fast enough or you click it too fast because it times your click rate, then all of a sudden you'll be considered bi implicitly biased and that against a certain race or a certain gender. And so this is something that, you know, students, again, they're, this is, they're sitting down and like entering campus. And this is the first thing that they're seeing and experiencing. It's really going to dictate the rest of their four years. My son is a sophomore in college and he's going for a specific trade, which limits the kind of nonsense they're teaching there. But I told him if you're going on dates or if you're going, uh, if you're dating a girl, you need to get a signed authorization form. You need to have a plenty of documentation before the relationship goes any further. Yeah, I mean, I feel so bad for for young men these days because they are they are kind of in an uphill battle when it comes to to getting dates. And you know, college is supposed to be a very social time for students. So, you know, if if basic things like asking where someone is from or why they're studying a certain major might offend them to the point where they will anonymously report on you, then how are you even supposed to ask someone out on a date or hold their hand or you know even tell them that you're interested in them emotionally? Like this is something that. I, I do not I, I do not envy the situation that many young students are in right now. <laughs> no, I don't at all. What's their end goal here? I mean, is it everybody wearing a uniform with a red band around their arm and a special <laughs> place to lock up dissenters? I mean, what's their end goal? Their end goal is that this is a training ground, right? They want this to promulgate beyond the university campus. This is something they want this woke dogma to go beyond the campus. They want it in the tech field. They want it in the medical field. They want it in the business and finance sector, as well as the corporate sector. They want all the students to take everything that they've learned on campus and, and translate it into to normal society. You wonder where like uh, you know, microaggressions came from these types of things. You wonder where a lot of this like woke corporatism came from social justice work, all of that started on campus. And that is their ultimate goal is to use it as a training ground to push it out further. So more information on speechfirst.org. Uh, Sharice, last word to you, last final thoughts, where can people go on the website to find more information, tabs and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, sure. Come out to speechfirst.org, sign up to become a member to get continuous emails on our updates on what's going on with our lawsuits. But also check out our tip line. We call it a freshman orientation tip line, but really anything that's kind of mandated diversity, equity, inclusion training or freshman orientation training that you feel like makes you uncomfortable, send us the material, send us the information because the FOIA research was very long and tedious and we want to get this information out as soon as possible. Well, congratulations on the win at UCF. There's a lot more work to be done, clearly, just based on our conversation today. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> All right. Sharice Trump, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. All right. Sounds good. We will be right back on the Matt Buff Show. You stay with us. A boring website can make your company look really bad. <laughs> Poor rankings on Google, Yahoo, and Bing means your company does not exist to thousands of monthly searchers. I'm not even on the front page. Come out of hiding with JJC Marketing Solutions and get found to more and more new customers every day. At JJC Marketing Solutions, they offer state-of-the-art website creation, Google SEO, PPC campaigns, and social media marketing that makes your company 
companies stand out. No need to go with those national companies that only care about you on the first call. JJC Marketing is located right here in Sanford, and the goal is to help businesses like yours succeed. Get better results. Call 321-765-7710 or visit them at JJCMarketingSolutions.com. I'm somebody now! JJC Marketing Solutions. You heard about the simple math with a solar electric system earlier in the show. Not all homes qualify. An energy evaluation by a qualified professional to get the fully informed information is always recommended. If your home qualifies, solar is always a prudent financial move. All Solar Energy in Longwood has been educating homeowners, roofing companies, property management firms, and now radio hosts about solar for 22 years. We have experts to perform no cost, no obligation energy evaluations to see if your home qualifies and explain the simple math of solar. Call All Solar Energy tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or visit the website www.allsolarenergy.com. Let them know you heard about it from me, Matt Buff, on The Buff Show. Veritas Tactical, Tactical. a family and law enforcement-owned company where you can get custom-built ARs with purpose-built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Sig Sauer, Smith & Wesson, and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your liberty-safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses, and force-on-force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full-time gunsmith on site, Coating services, laser engraving and more. Mention the Buff Show and get a $25 discount on courses. You'll find Veritas Tactical at 207 North Goldenrod Road, Suite 200 in Orlando. Contact Veritas Tactical, 407-309-3000. 407-309-3000. And at VeritasTactical.com. Veritas Tactical. Tactical. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you rolling along with us here. Check out MyPillow.com and save up to 66% with promo code BUFF. Get a good night's sleep so you don't wake up woke. That's right. We need to wake up America. And in Sarasota, they woke up with that school board. That's for darn sure. We're going to get all into this with Moms for America. For America is on the front lines, providing the support and resources to help moms raise a mighty generation of youth filled with the knowledge, courage, and wisdom to raise the standard of civility, secure the blessings of liberty, and sustain a free and prosperous America. I truly believe mothers are the last best hope of America. And together, through the mothers of America, we have the power to not only restore the republic, but secure it for generations to come. exactly right let's head over to our good friend of the show from moms for america tanya paris and everybody check out momsforamerica.us tanya tanya great to have you on the matt buff show hey thanks matt thanks for having me good to see you i loved your speech you gave a few months ago in may um to the school board there right you know (laughs) before the election and you just read them their oath, what they signed up to do, which was to protect the interest of our kids. And boom, they failed. Yeah. Yeah, that was, um, you know, I wanted to send just a, just a reminder to these elected officials that, it, and it doesn't really matter relative uh, to the school board or not. It's a reminder everywhere that when you stand up and you swear to God in front of your family, friends, and our uh, constituents that voted for you, that you will stick to the Constitution of the United States. And with with regards to the Sarasota County School Board, um, I felt they needed to be reminded of that. And I could we could use it as a reminder every single month if we had to. <laughs> yes, we could. Now, Joe Biden is not listening to you. He does not believe you and says that student loan cancellation and mandatory vaccines and all this stuff is by the Constitution, even though the courts disagree. This is a lawless government, and it trickles all the way down to the communities. It does. Yeah, it does. And so talk about the big national news, which was the Sarasota County. I mean, clean sweep uh, for conservatives there. 
you played a big role in that. Talk about that major victory. 43 total good seats uh, picked up. I mean, across the state, we just had a massive red wave when it came to school boards alone. Yeah, yeah the school boards. Um, geez, we had uh, we had invoked, I, I feel like, uh, the entire county. It, it feels like every patriotic group that we had here in Sarasota County, we, um, we engaged with them and let them know really on a – uh, basis of what was at stake. A lot of people didn't know what was at stake. And once they found out what was at stake, uh, they, they knew that there was problems. And these are these are people that just generally, maybe their grandparents are not paying attention to the school boards. Uh, they're not paying attention because their kids aren't as involved, but they're voters. Um, so we had to get them out there. There was, uh, you know, from the other side, there was a lot of mailers that went out that they were sending that were displaying a conservative value system. So they were trying to trick our um, our constituents into believing one thing. So we made sure that we did a lot of podcasts. We did a lot of emails. We pushed out so much tremendously through social media, displaying how these people had actually, um, uh, you know, made false claims to what they were believing in. And I think that's what, what actually held up along the lines of we had hundreds of people out uh, canvassing, uh, sign waving, and reaching out to groups and texting like we had everybody texting 10 of your friends if they're voting text them this list let them know i've never been involved in anything like this before and um you know two years ago i felt compelled to do something and i just as a mom i I had no idea what i could do to make a difference but this truly all the moms linked up the dads the grandparents the uncles um, people that just, you know, wanted to make a difference. And we linked up together and figured out a constructive way to do this. Let's go back two years ago when our kids were masked up or doing virtual learning. <laughs> virtual yeah. learning, what an oxymoron. But um, yeah, when they were all masked up and everything, is that that's when you got involved. Talk about your first journey with uh, not just Moms for America, but just standing up for something maybe you didn't even want to do. <laughs> oh, gosh, my journey was... Um, you know, I I was sitting back watching all of this unfold, and I had been an EMT for eight years uh, prior to, uh, you know, back in my younger years. And I saw all this stuff about the virus spread and masking and what they were trying to say. And I'm like, this is this is not how you wear PPE. PPE it's like personal protective equipment. I'm like, this is nuts. This is not how viruses are spread. They're not thrown out in chunks and people just swallow them up. I'm like, this is weird. So I sat there for a while and I talked to my family and I'm like, I have to do something. And I couldn't figure out what that something was, but it just was not me sitting there watching, uh, you know, our, our world just go, go to crap. So I made sure that I got engaged wherever I could and started kind of uh, reaching out. And I was new to Sarasota County. I had just moved here right before uh, COVID. I lived in Georgia, so I didn't know anybody here in Florida. And um, there was an event that was, um, I was, well, actually I was, um, my kids were going to a Montessori school that was a charter school. And they had said that they wouldn't follow mask mandates. And I thought that was great. And I put my children in school there and lo and behold, they turned around and changed what they wanted to follow, which was then the Sarasota County School Board. So when I found that out, I engaged with the uh, other parents in our school that believed the same as I did, and we ended up approaching that board. We tried to fight the mask mandate there at that level. That didn't work. We took it to the school board. We tried to fight there. We petitioned the parents in the car lines um, saying, hey, you know, fill out this petition that you don't want your child to be mask mandated. Um, and when that didn't work and we were getting uh, pushback from the, the uh, county school board, um, there was an event that was held at a local uh, facility here in Venice called the hollow and they held a mask exemption event and they had doctors that were going to show up to give, you know, physicals to these children. And I was like, well, Hey, I, I can help. I was the EMT. Can I do something? I plugged in and started doing vitals for all the kids that came through. And, um, you know, by the end of the night I was in tears. I saw, you know, autistic children coming through that were nonverbal that the schools would not allow them to get, um, you know, turn in their exemption forms. Um, so we had to kind of turn it up a little bit and uh, make sure that we followed through with those kids. It was a really sad thing. 
Um, doctors were shunning these children, not allowing uh, exemption forms to be signed. They actually started pushing children away, not even wanting to see them if they refused to wear a mask in the office. It was um, it was pretty hard. And from there, that night I met General Flynn. And I think the rest is history. <laughs> he, <laughs> he instilled my patriotism. And I was like, wow, this is exactly what we need. There are sane people here. I believe that my country was founded on freedom and that we should at least have the freedom to choose. And with the vaccines, the same thing, where there's a risk, there should be a way to not not have to do that. And and um, so, yeah, General Flynn was a huge catalyst in all of this for me. And he showed me um, through example of even what I did, that local action does have national impact. And I was just a mom, just like every other mom out there. Just an amazing story. Do you remember, uh, first of all, General Flynn, everybody check out the America Project. It's fantastic trying to secure our votes. That's a whole nother discussion. But the voters came out in Sarasota. Do you remember the contact tracing? I mean, this is something that we can't let go because that was the creepiest, most abusive overreach of government when it came to my kids that I've ever seen. I mean, get a call that says, your kid has been exposed by some other kid. And I said, so I said, what's his name? Who is it? And they would tell you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was so weird. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of things we struggled with. And I reached out to a lot of um, friends here, too, at the time that are doctors and nurses. And I'm like, how is this not a violation of HIPAA laws? And so we started digging into that. And it was just truly, I've never experienced anything where your medical um information is exposed in a public realm and knowing which kid is sick um i i that that instills fear and that's nothing but driving fear to other parents who are worried about that who may not be as involved as moms like myself so they 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 were driven with fear and then you know then you you have children that were shunned because they had covid and it was awful. I know my kids, I pulled them out of uh, the Montessori school because I had mask exemption forms for them because number one, they were getting rashes from wearing masks. And number two, my other one had felt completely uncomfortable in kindergarten doing that. And they had stuck him by the window um, and told him that he couldn't play with his friends because he didn't wear a mask. Um, after the third day of him going through that, he hopped in my Jeep at the end of the day and with a mask on and I asked him why, and this is a five-year-old, and he says, because they just want to play with my friends. Um, there's That should never happen to our children. That should never, ever happen to our children. And I will not allow it to happen to mine. And I made sure that we had a platform here and started a, a chapter here for Moms for America so that other moms could educate themselves with what they needed to understand about what's going on. Because, um, you know, like me, I've done a lot of research, but not a lot of moms have a lot of time to do it. So I love that they can come to us and get the information from us. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So fantastic. Uh, I love hearing your story and your journey. Now we got the big elections here in November. Yeah. Got to get it done. Got to get it yes. done. What, what's uh, in store for you here in the next couple months? Well, um, you know, we are, are a, a like Moms for America kind of focus. It doesn't hyper focus on just um, parental rights. So we actually do uh, many different things here at our chapter and national uh, we have uh, committees that we set up here specifically in our organization in Sarasota County. So we're working in many different things. We've got a legislative committee. We've got an election integrity committee. We've got a medical freedom committee, a community engagement, school board committee, and also candidate initiative committee. And all the moms can join whichever committee that they want to be focused in. And we can set up and, and basically go to work in whatever whatever area we need to so it's not only like i said it, it touches on everything uh medical freedom all the way through the school board and the moms who want to be involved they get involved and we're actively working for this november election to make sure that we repeat rinse and repeat and then and then and bring more bring more moms in bring more dads in um anybody who wants to get involved and uh you know they could do as little or as much as they'd like to do Momsforamerica.us, you got to send the left packing. They're crazy socialist and weird gender study stuff they want to teach our kids. One school at a time, one legislator at a time, and one congressman or woman at a time. Last word to you, Tanya. What do you want to say about not just the recent successes, 
but also the work ahead when it comes to our kids. Well, I just want to thank everybody, you know, even uh, people such as yourself who get out there and push, push the messaging. That's what it really uh, comes down to is if you see something that, you know, you, you don't uh, agree with, start researching, start getting involved, plug into some local organizations. We are massive in numbers and we're here to support. So I look forward to what we're going to, what we're going to do in November and I appreciate all the help from everybody who can push, push our messages out. Um, and if you do want to get involved in our local organization, uh, we do have our own website, which is Sarasota County Moms for uh, Reach out to us. We'd love to help you. We have monthly uh, meetings and then we have all of our committees. So any spot where you feel like you can plug in, that's that's where it's at. Absolutely. Very good stuff. Tanya Paris on with us, chapter chair from for Sarasota County, Moms for America. We'll be in touch soon as we get closer to this election and when other crazy stuff happens. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. That will do it for this evening's edition of the Matt Buff Show. You guys stay smart out there. We'll see you next time.